Foodcast, brought to you by HillsOnTheGo.com, offering fresh local foods from the Hills Market to listeners by their online grocery store and delivery service. From Hills Own Chicken Salads to Ohio Beef and Wine to go with any meal. More on the web at HillsOnTheGo.com. And brought to you in part by DNO Incorporated, purveyors of Ohio-grown produce and ready-to-eat fresh-cut fruits and vegetables to grocers, restaurants, institutions, caterers, and nutritional meals for students of Central Ohio schools. More at DNOINC.com. I'm Johnny DiLoretto. I'm Jim Ellison. I'm Bethia Wolf. I'm Andy Diaz, and this is Foodcast. So today we're with Chef Jonathan Sawyer. Talk with him about one of his uh, latest projects, that being the Tavern Vinegar Company. Thanks for being with us, Jonathan. Thank you for having me. Probably the first and most interesting thing about this to our listeners is who you're collaborating with. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, for us, we like you know we like to pursue partnerships with people that believe in the same sort of ethos and Middle West spirit and their commitment to sustainability and to local sourcing was a natural pairing that we actually initially didn't even know we were looking for. But after a couple glasses of bourbon, we realized that uh, maybe we should prototype something together. Presumably, you started out with looking at what they have, looking at what your interests are and saying, vinegar is a fit. How did that kind of evolve? Yeah, well, I mean, what we were doing was we were looking for really a source for more barrels. I mean, we knew that it was the best accelerator of the vinegar reaction known as acetic reaction. And um, we were talking just initially about using some of their third-use barrels that they do their bourbon in or, you know, uh, for this holiday season, I know they're going to release a small allotment of barrel-aged honey, vanilla bean vodka, or, you know, whatever the barrel was. And then it would go to Matthew Barbie up at Rock Mills. He would brew a beer. He'd age it in there. And then it would come to us. And, you know, it was a really nice line to see all three of these companies using the same barrel but now we're starting to get to the point where we're gonna you know we mash out together and we ferment everything in barrel uh in the middle west spirits uh distillery um you know just off fifth and high does what came before what was in the barrel previously uh have an influence on kind of which vinegar you put into it or how how things proceed or are 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 the barrels sort of a constant and then it goes from there yeah, it's more like the latter. I mean, the the barrels are sort of, for us, not not really meant to impart, you know, the spice or the vanilla or the butter that people often associate with barrels and, and wines. For us, it's more of a, that's a, that's a tertiary bonus of happening, happening to use the barrels. We like them because they're porous and on all sides of the vinegar, you know, as it's fermenting, it gets a little bit of casual um, uh, exposure to oxygen, which is which helps speed up the process naturally of making vinegar. So the one thing we do have to be careful with, though, is whenever we start a vinegar in the barrel, we can never go backwards in color. So if we start with a white wine and then we go into a red wine, we could never go back into a white wine. We would have to stay in a red wine because we want all of our colors to be natural. We want, I mean, just like our vinegar process, there's no, we don't add sugar, we don't add water, we don't add yeast. 
we don't add, uh, you know, we don't force carbonate it. You know, we just essentially put liquid in barrel and then bottle it. Looking at the list, you have a fairly um, wide variety of, of, of different flavors. Tell us a little bit about kind of what inspired that or kind of how you chose this sort of uh, selection that you chose. I mean, there's some really interesting things like uh, I particularly like the stout beer vinegar when I tasted it. Um, and then we've got rose wine and craft beer and so on and so forth. How did you ar- arrive at those? Well, I think for us, the vinegar was really a, a natural extension of what we've seen in the artisan American market. You know, people aren't just looking for lemons anymore. They're looking for Meyer lemons or Satsumas or, you know, uh, you know, name a Japanese crazy citrus fruit. And I think the same approach is being a take, taken towards everything, whether it's craft beer, whether it's spirits. And now with vinegar, it was a natural extension of looking at single origin um, fermentable products and then turning them into vinegars. You know, there's even more in the pipeline that we haven't released yet that are just as exciting and diverse as our current lineup. But the goal is to have a core of three beer and three wine, always affordable, always available. And then we can do all these crazy single origin, you know, German double box or stout beer vinegar like we're talking about from the Salt Lakes that's got espresso in it or honey that we ferment to mead first and then turn into vinegar afterwards. And, you know, I think that's the really fun part about having motivated partners down here. And as creative as they are at Middle West Spirit, we just sort of ping ideas off each other and uh, whatever sticks to the wall we put in a barrel. Roughly a month ago, you were down here to... um have the big introduction party at Middle West Spirits, and uh, it was a fantastic opportunity uh, to see some of these vinegars in use, both in cocktails and in a fairly wide range of uh, different food preparations. Is there any any sort of thing you're thinking about with respect to the different flavors as they relate to uh, food preparations, like are there some where you see they have a very obvious use for a certain uh, certain preparation or certain sort of dish, what have you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we I write sort of uh, some copy on each vinegar and, and and on the website of where I would take the vinegar, um, you know. But I think as we're just sorting this sorting this see all these vinegars in our kitchens, the inspiration is changing each time, you know. So we're we're crafting the vinegars first, and then we're tasting them, and then we're putting them through, you know, our kitchen's mind's eye, and then when it comes out the other end, we sort of realize what it's really good at doing. Um, but for the home cook, I would say, you know, the big three, you know, that are easiest and most fastly applicable to your kitchen is the Ohio, uh, the craft beer vinegar wit, which is brewed with local grains. And I think the acidity is very similar to anything you would use lemon or lime in. Real clean, really um, uh, pointed acidity. You would use it in uh, like where you would use a lemon vinaigrette, anything that was deep fried to add a little bit of acidity to it. Um, Some basic sauce work making, you know, like mayonnaise, tartar, blah, 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 on down the line. Um, When it comes to the other beer vinegars, like you're talking about, the stouts and the doppelbox, those are a little bit hardier, both in the acidity and in sort of that the, the secondary notes like black pepper and um, a little bit more of like allspice and those interesting back notes. I like to use those more for braises. You know, as we're hitting this, you know, pot roast season here in Ohio, it's appropriate to have some of that vinegar on hand to, you know, help take the dish all the way. Uh, and then I would say the next most applicable is actually our white wine vinegars, specifically the Chardonnay. I like to call it the bistro vinegar. And in my mind, when I taste it, it immediately screams like, 
like Frise Allardon, Duck Confit, you know, um, all these bistro classics that depend traditionally on champagne vinegar and Dijon mustard and, you know, olive oil. I, I would use our Chardonnay vinegar in the place of sort of all those recipes. Which one would you use for fish and chips? That's a big question. The most important question is which one is chip proper? I, I honestly like the Doppelbach for that because I think, and the Old Man Winter, which is a spiced ale, I think both of those, even though they don't qualify as a malt, have that malt backbone to it. And they're not too complex, you know, if you're doing a traditional fish and chips. If you're doing sort of a wacky, spiced up one, I would use the Craft Beer Wit because I think that straightforward acidity is like best friends with the deep fryer. Crispy fried hominy, chips, you know, a nice Pollock filet. That's, that's the Ohio Craft Beer Vinegar Wit. So, Jonathan, what makes your vinegars better than everybody else's? I'm glad you asked that question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the original inspiration for me was I, you know, I bought a bottle of vinegar for me at the time. It was very expensive, you know, $24, $25 California Cabernet vinegar in a cask who won't be mentioned. But I take it home and I'm starting to cook with it. And I'm extremely disappointed in the level of acidity and the integrity of the product. And I turn the bottle over and I see that there's not just one ingredient, but two, three, four, five ingredients in this vinegar. They add water, they add sugar, they add color, and they add a stabilizer. And if you do vinegar the way that we do, there's one ingredient, you know, whatever the single origin is, put into a barrel. And then not only after that, we don't filter it. I mean, we don't sterilize it. We don't ultra pasteurize it. We just run it through a filter. So it's still full on alive and probiotic when you buy it. You know, it could very well start mothering again and turn into a whole different vinegar over the year or so, uh, you know, if you leave it uh, opened. So uh, we like it because it's a more natural representation of what vinegar is. So from, from kind of start to finish, how long does it take to uh, get, a, get a barrel of the vinegar? Yeah. Well, for us, it's, uh, you know, like I said, it's a natural process that we don't really control, save for just keeping the temperature um, constant. Uh, so our vinegars, the fastest they could ever go is probably four months. We've had rare batches go faster, but we've had batches go way longer, you know. Mm-hmm. Some of the stranger and less digestible sugars, like the meads or sake or mm-hmm. we did an apricot one, they take upwards of two years to change all the way over. So it's it's all sort of in what you start with. Um, mm-hmm. Traditionally, the fastest, and especially for the home, home uh, fermentologists out there, beer is the easiest and fastest um, to turn into vinegar. And those are the ones that you can see two, three, four month uh, fermentations turn fully around. Um, The wine vinegars, you're talking more like bare minimum six, eight months. In a sense, it's just when you feel like the taste is right, when it's when it's there. Yeah, I mean, we, we go essentially 100%, 100% by smell initially, and then if we think it's at the level of acidity um, where it's going to get safe for us and where it's going to have some interesting level of, of heat, uh, we'll pull out a little bit, we'll taste it. And then if it passes that test, then we put the litmus paper on it, literally, and we test the pH. Um, and traditional vinegars that you would buy at the grocery are just below four and a half, you know, 4.5 on the pH scale, which is not very acidic. The ones that we're doing go all the way down to two nine three one. So we, we like that specifically because at home you can control the acidity. You, can, you can't really add more acid to a dish by reducing the vinegar. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to add more liquid. So we found that there's a lot more control in the recipe 
recipes to start with a higher pH, you know, a bigger acidity. And if we want to, we can water it down a little bit. Mm -hmm. But you don't, we don't want to add extra vinegar to a dish and, and change the consistency of it. Oh, that's a very interesting point that I'd never thought of. I mean, when I first tasted them, I was, you know, fairly aware these are sharp vinegars. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but, but it makes all the sense in the world from the perspective of cooking with it. Absolutely. I mean, you know, no surprise. You've sold me on this. Where, where, <laughs> where can I find it? Well, we hope to be in a couple of locations in the new year. Uh, we'd love to be in the Short North Market. We'd love to be in Hills. We'd love to be in Whole Foods. But right now, we're only available at Middle West Spirit directly or on our website, tavernvinegar.com. Um, so in hopefully 2014, we'll see a little bit more of it on shelves. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing it everywhere I shop. Thank you very much for talking with us today, Chef Sawyer. It's great to see you guys as always. Thanks. Mm -hmm.